please sit down. As you can see, we've had our eye on you for some time now, Mr. Anderson. Well, it actually... seems that you've been living two lives. In one life, you're Thomas A. Anderson, program writer for a respectable software company. The other life is lived in computers, where you go by the hacker alias Neo, okay. and are guilty of virtually every computer crime we have a law for. You see, I'm not... I'm going to be as forthcoming as I can be, Mr. Anderson. You're here because we need your help. We know that you've been contacted by a certain individual, a man who calls himself Morpheus and But is... I'm not Mr. Anderson, I'm Mr. Yanagita. You're not Thomas A. Anderson, otherwise known as the cybercriminal Neo, who's now been made aware of the virtual matrix of reality designed by machines specifically for the purpose of enslaving human minds. Doug Yanagita, accounts payable. And you have no idea why we're here. Thought I was up for review? Oh, well, you are. Doing a great job. Keep huh. it up. Make sure your kids brush their teeth and forget everything I said about virtual worlds and human enslavement. Human enslavement? That'll be all now. And stay off the Thank internet. You. Probably shouldn't have said the part about the machines. Oh, shit. All right, everybody, it's episode 121 here at the Superhouse Podcast. This is Andrew, as always, and once again, I'm joined by Maddie. What's up? Stefan. Hello. And our senior Batman correspondent, Benoit. Hey. All right, everybody, so this week we're going to be doing a quick review of The Outsider on Netflix. We're going to be, you know, getting into that. And then also, Ben is here to give his non-spoiler review of Batman Ninja, and uh, this is going to be Ben's installment of that. And we're also going to be talking about the new solo trailer that just dropped. So anyway, let's get right into it. Uh, ben, did you want to start us off with the uh, Outsider review? Sure. Yeah. So uh, the Outsider is a movie on Netflix uh, right now, starring Jared Leto about an American soldier post World War II, I believe. Yeah, right after up, uh, joining the Yakuza and becoming, I guess, one of their soldiers. And it's kind of controversial because of the fact that, especially given this day and age, it's kind of like, well, we're talking about whitewashing, people mm-hmm. talking about white savior, yeah. anything yeah. like that. And so it's partially why you know, I've come on because uh, I'm the only Asian American among the group here. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. uh, what's interesting is for me, um, you know, I, I, I'm, chi- I'm of Chinese descent. I don't know. Any, any Chinese. Neither do my parents. Uh, I've <laughs> never been to Asia. Oh yeah. I would say that Andrew's probably more of an authority on Japanese culture than I am. But to address that real quick, <laughs> still you're, you're of Asian descent. Yeah. You're so the race thing is there. Yeah. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so that's. Really I'm just yeah. saying that it's. it's uh, it, I I almost feel like I'm not really the authority on uh, the perspective on it, but I'm, I'll I'll give my opinions on it. It's probably it might not necessarily match up to. This what other people might believe in terms of when I looked up for what people thought of this movie I'm just like wow okay um, but we're going to go around in terms of general thoughts 
on the outsider. So we'll start with Maddie. Okay. Um, I, uh, I don't know. I kind of enjoyed the movie. It reminded me of like something I probably would have rented from the video store when I was like little or, you know, like a young, uh, in high school or something, uh, just because, uh, it kind of played off to me like a n- cool nineties movie. Like, Oh, this guy's like, he's a white guy in Japan. He's trying to like make it through like into this group of people that don't allow him to join. So I just watched it because of that reason. Cause I was like, Oh, maybe this will just be fun to kind of, you know, you know, just have some good gore or, you know, but, um, I enjoyed it. I don't think it's like a great movie or anything, <laughs> uh, but I definitely didn't like even before the movie like came out on Netflix, people already made up their minds about it. It felt like like, oh, it's got Jared Leto. He's a white guy and he's trying to join Yakuza. This is going to be terrible. And I was and then I watched it and I was like, how bad can this be? And I was like, this isn't terrible. Like I get the white savior thing, but I was just like, whatever. It's a Netflix movie. <laughs> you know, I don't know, but I enjoyed enjoyed it yeah and we're uh we're just real quick we're skipping stefan because he hasn't seen the movie yet but i'm sure he can comment <laughs> on the white savior you, stuff how, when we get to that how Correct, about Stephen? Just, well i could say one thing okay <laughs> the reason i <laughs> the reason initially why i hadn't watched it was because or i was gonna ask you guys do you think it uh had anything to do with his role his turn as the joker and people are just kind of like don't want to deal with Jared Little, i like don't know if that's it i mean maybe people just, are kind of turned off to him yeah. because of the not even the Joker stuff, but how like yeah. he treats women on set. There were some rumors about that. Oh, yeah, it was just, that. just him alone, like isn't enough to draw me in. Is all I'm saying. I get you. Yeah. Um, well, before we get into like the political side of it, my opinion of that. I I, I mean, I was I like the movie overall. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do think it's kind of a fantasy. I mean, how many Yakas speak English, especially at that time, on top of everything else. Uh, but. Uh, I mean, I was told by a Persian-American that it was an awesome movie (laughs) and a Persian-American friend of mine. And then uh, me and my Japanese wife both watch it and she loved it, too. Well, I would say she liked it quite a bit. Uh, I don't know about love, but um, and then like I get online, it's like all this hate, like it's the worst movie of all time. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on with this movie, man? So (laughs) like I know it has white savior, but well before we get into that yeah anyway i thought it was like it's like yeah it's like a six out of ten movie um mm. it's a little slow in some parts cinematography is great uh and it's it on is, netflix it beautiful yeah yeah so uh i think i don't know it's just kind of a nice little fantasy movie and that's and that's mm. it so uh yeah that's it uh i mean I, th- I think a lot of people listening in are probably wondering as an asian american you know was i like offended by anything by this and like as an Asian American, the answer is like no, I, I wasn't. As a writer, I might have been a little offended in the fact that I found it pretty boring. Like I okay. was not really into. I was pretty much predicting almost everything that happened, except for maybe the really violent parts. Yeah, like the finger cutting scene. Yeah, is like holy fuck. Okay, like that was really well done. Yeah, I was not expecting it to be shot like that. Uh, but it, it, in general, I was kind of like okay, like I know where this is going. I, there wasn't really a lot of surprises for me. There wasn't a lot to his character that I was that really drew me in. Um, and I, I guess partially as I was watching it, I was like, you know, the one thing that would get me to like want to rewatch this movie 
is if at the end he fell into a vat of chemicals and came out with <laughs> <laughs> like white, white skin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's already got the tattoo. He is maniacal. Yeah. So yeah. I'm like, oh, maybe. He, <laughs> yeah. he, he looks very, like, almost pre-Joker-like in this one. I'm like, this is this actual Joker origin movie, but... Obviously, that didn't happen. Now we're talking. <laughs> Where do you say you can find this movie? Netflix. <laughs> Netflix? That, keep, keep going, Ben. That would have been. That would have drew me in. I'd be like, wait a minute. Now I got to rewatch this shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For but, sure. Yeah, I mean, overall, it's just, it's, yeah, it's kind of just this forgettable movie that, like, okay, like, cool. Some, like, really violent, you know, gangster action stuff that I'm used to seeing and, that's you know a decent performance from Jared Leto, and that's about it. There wasn't anything about it that I thought was great, but there wasn't anything about it that I thought was horrible or like deserving of like worst movie of all time either. Yeah, I, with like writing wise too. And anybody jump in now? Uh, I don't. I mean, the whole we don't have to take turns. I, I feel unless you still want to do that, Ben. Um, no, nah, nah, we're good. Uh, but uh, I, I think that the writing writing wise, the the the, the subplot with his sister, mm. he's like. Don't date her. Don't touch her. Don't look at her. Obviously, and then, date her. <laughs> yeah, and then we know we know that's gonna come. But then, like, once he says, "Oh, I got her pregnant," it's like, <laughs> "Well, come in here. I have a katana for you." It's like, what the fuck? I thought he was gonna chop his head off or something at that point. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, this is. If I were in Jerry Little's shoes at that point, I'd be like, oh shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like that part's really not written all too well. But the rest of the time, like, that. I mean, look, not saying it doesn't have. It doesn't have a white saver problem, but it, it's still like he's being called white dog for most of the movie. He's yeah, he, the only like two dudes in the in the movie like him. Really? Everybody else right. kind of hates his ass. Like the movie is <laughs> called The Outsider. He, yeah. The whole point of the character is that Does he have a teardrop under his eye? That'd be cool. <laughs> no. No, but he starts getting uh, Yakuza tats. No, I think right. that this is kind of like a fantasy. Since there's a white lead, it's maybe you know for white america like a fantasy for white people like oh man a white dude can join the yakuza like i, I think that that's like a ever been anybody's fantasy though i feel dude that's got to be a lot of people's fantasies <laughs> new career options for millennials <laughs> part of me was like okay why what's i was kind of wondering what the motivation was behind this i'm just like is this based on a true story was this like a hit book somewhere else there are some story? instances i believe of white people white dudes uh, I would assume dudes uh, mm -hmm. joining the Yakuza. I don't know what their actual roles were, and some maybe the Yakuza deal with each other because they're selling drugs all over the world, yeah. or depends on the operation in a certain time period, right? right? Probably, but there is a book different called... organized crime talk to each other. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, Stefan. There's a book called Tokyo Underworld by Robert Whiting, and it's about uh, the rise of the black market post World War II in Japan, and has to do with the Yakuza and stuff. So that's I wonder if it's a point of reference at all. It, it could have been. So I mean, there's some Maybe. there's some precedent for it, but and I think like there's a whole ending scene where he's like the people are like bowing to him, and it's like kind of comes off as White like maybe a, maybe a bit too much, you know. But for me, it kind of I just I like the movie, and I have a hard time not liking films based on principle alone, mm. you know? Right? Yeah. I mean. Again, like when I was, I guess some people might be wondering, like, my opinion on White Savior stuff. I'm not, it's tough to say because I'm like, I'm not really offended by White Savior stuff simply, but not, not because I think it's like right or wrong or anything. It's mainly because I'm so fucking used to it. Uh huh. You know? Yeah. Last Samurai, Dances with Wolves, that's the type of stuff. Do you feel like you should be used to it though? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I feel like it's not like I can go back in time and undo those movies. 
Yeah, you know? yeah. I'll just, in terms of like what I can do about it, the most I can do about it is like write my own stuff that doesn't have that in it. Yeah, yeah another yeah. apocalypto. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> racist ass Melly Gibsons. <laughs> Melly Gibsons. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. <laughs> most racist <laughs> motherfucker made a it movie was, like that. It was pretty. It was pretty Miami. We need some aztec fantasy boy it's coming if if nobody has if if people listening don't, don't know what we're talking about with white savior i'm just going to run through this real quick on wikipedia the source of all knowledge it says the term white savior sometimes combined with savior complex to write white savior complex refers to a white person who acts to help non-white people with the help in some context perceived to be self-serving the role is considered a modern-day version of what is expressed in the poem The White Man's Burden, 1899, by Rudyard Kipling. The term has been associated with Africa, and certain characters in film and television have been critiqued as white savior figures. Right, writer Teju Cole combined the term uh, industrial complex. Da, 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 da. Anyway, yeah, when white people go save other people, uh, <laughs> that where the movie is in a mainly non-white setting, mm -hmm. uh, basically, yeah, Last Samurai, right? The era there, a basketball movie I liked when I was a kid, uh, <laughs> Dances with Wolves, all that kind of shit. So they uh, all have this, and then, yeah, it's also another sort of trope of that where he like gets together with the like minority girl. Yeah, movie, yeah, that always happens. Thing, which is also what happened. Yeah, in this one. So it's, I mean, I guess it takes off some people because there's a, there's this whole perception i guess of asian males who you know a lot of them i guess are upset sometimes when they see like white males or black males with asian females or, or whatever like that uh -huh. i guess because they feel like you know they stole our women they're taking our women yeah um i've never been like that simply because like where i grew up i um i grew up around a lot of other asian americans in irvine so like i didn't see that i saw like other Asian American Asian American guys with Asian American girls. I yeah. saw white guys with Asian girls. I saw black guys with like I, I saw all sorts of different interracial couples that like that never bothered me simply because I was so used to it too. Yeah, I've heard like in Hawaii especially, it's mm -hmm. like every mix of Asian in every other race possible, yeah. gender, whatever. Yeah. Like that's a another like big melting pot for, <laughs> for particularly if I guess mainly Japanese, probably some Chinese too. Right. But anyway, yeah. No wonder so, it's so dang expensive. <laughs> paradise. <laughs> it's gosh dang paradise. <laughs> it does bring up interesting questions, though, because I think a lot of people are like, well, why couldn't they just do a um, a Japanese-American character yeah. sort of thing where he's still yeah. kind of being an outsider? I do think, you know, there is something to be said about, like, the Asian-American perspective sometimes isn't really there in a lot of movies and stuff simply because I don't know if it's because there's not a lot, a lot of their minds Asian American writers who can provide that or or whatever, but it's from my perspective, it's like you're kind of neither neither one or the other. You're not really, you know, I, I, I would say that I'm not really if I were to go to China now, I think I would be considered kind of as an outsider simply because I don't know the language. I don't know yeah, yeah, a lot yeah, of the sure, different yeah. cultures yeah. or whatever like that. So yeah, they would treat probably treat me differently than say my grandma who like knows all that stuff. Yeah. Um uh, but on the other hand, like I'm definitely not white either. Mm -hmm. You know, um, so you're kind of like neither nor sort of thing. The only other people right. who sort of know that perspective are other, you know, Asian Americans who also like might not know the languages as much, or they know a little bit, but they don't really, yeah, you, know, you know, it's not a big part of, not as big a part of them compared to people who would have immigrated here. 
this is where I think this issue gets a little muddy too. And I right. started to notice this when Ghost in the Shell came out, mm. the, the new yeah. one with Scarlett Johansson. This is it's almost like a twofold issue here because you can't really just you can't group all Asians into one. Right. And you got the the big divider here in cases like this are like in this case, particularly Japanese people in Japan and Asian Americans. Right. There's there's a totally different uh you know, seems to me anyway, as a white guy observing these things mm. closely at times, that the perspective here is totally different because Asian Americans live in white world. Yep. White land, white landia. Mm-hmm. Trump's president. Fuck them. You know, but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and then but the Japanese, though, in Japan, you know, they live in Japan, were ruled Japan where, you know, they have their own thing going on. So if they like and I'm not saying this is right or wrong, I think probably the Japanese might need to be a little bit more educated on this kind of stuff, honestly. But it's like the, if they see like even like even in the whitewashed ghost in the shell, mm-hmm. largely they didn't give a shit because right. they're like, well, America just makes movies like that. That's their culture is what they'd say, even if the, they're like, well, they paid the guy that made ghost in the shell a lot of money. So mm-hmm. who gives a fuck? Mm-hmm. But when and, and then, you know, you should probably come in here on this, but like representation <laughs> matters right. a lot, like a shitload to Asian Americans because you're growing up in Whiteville. And this is supposed to be the land of the free and all this shit and, and equal opportunity. Right. And, and, repre- and this should extend equality should extend to representation. Right. I mean, it, it is interesting now seeing that becoming a thing. Because like when I was growing up, you, you do kind of get so used to your heroes being white guys. Like when I like yeah. you guys know my childhood heroes are like, you know, Batman or like Sherlock mm-hmm. Holmes or the doctor from Doctor Who even. And like these are all white males. But like, yeah. I'm not like offended by the fact that they weren't like Chinese American, but I kind of wish like, okay, well, what if there was like a Chinese American yeah, like yeah, type yeah. character that was, you know, it, and sometimes it is kind of, it is kind of cool to just have somebody who like looks like, looks like you. Yeah. 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 For I'm sure. There. That didn't happen even recently until like my roommate was like watching Jessica Jones. Oh, that dude. Two. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, there's a dude in like a V-neck and like, yeah. styles your hair, like and I watched it. I'm just like, this is the first fucking time. <laughs> <laughs> that, like somebody this guy looks like yeah, you, and yeah, I actually yeah. like enjoyed it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. It, it's it's sort of weird now seeing this and realizing what was missing because you don't really know what's missing yeah. when you're growing up. You just kind of accept that, like, okay, all the heroes are the white guys, sort of thing, and almost subconsciously, because uh, you grew up in Whiteville, exactly. And yeah. then even when I was going into uh, even in college when I was writing scripts, I wasn't like, okay, like all my characters are Asian American. I was writing like you know film noir detectives. I was writing. Like I was writing what I liked watching. I didn't yeah. realize that there was a whole like this diversity movement of trying to get more representation uh, mm-hmm. and everything. But I do think there is sort of this this lack of Asian American representation right now that could be improved simply because I mean I, I pointed out to um, to Andrew that you get examples like um, the Arrowverse on CW where you see there's very there's a lot of inclusion on like more female characters, more Latino characters, yeah. more LGBT mm-hmm. characters, more black characters, a lot of characters have been gender swapped or race swapped but out of like four or five shows that Berlanti runs name one series regular who's asian it's fucked up right yeah Yeah, there's so many characters just like not and there's not many uh there's is there one it's not even one there's katana in season three of arrow if you even remember her is she actually of asian series right yeah well i mean she's japanese oh she is yeah but she they're like 
we for, we fucking forgot that she even oh, was there. Oh, yeah. she. Oh, yeah. That, I remember that scene because she's like, yeah. Now they're in, they're in China. <laughs> yeah, they're in China. I love this scene though. They're in China in a flashback that I hate. But anyway, yeah. and 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 Green Arrow turns to her and she's she keeps calling him Gaijin, uh-huh. uh, out, which means outsider right. or uh, foreigner, mm-hmm. and. Uh, he turns to her and goes, "You're Japanese. We're both in China. We're both gaijin right now." <laughs> That's so, pretty good. But yeah, so, I'm like, look, there's this whole inclusion of everybody else, but not necessarily, you know, Asian Americans. I did. I made this joke with uh, a couple friends where it was just like, yeah, you know, execs were demanding like we need more inclusion, we need more LGBT, we need more like black people and more females, and then somebody else is like, well, what about more Asian Americans? And the exec is like, let's not get too crazy. Like it's, it's kind of kind of how yeah. it feels. Even with stuff like you know altered carbon, Joel Kinnaman takes over from uh, William Lee. Oh yeah, it's the same oh, guy. Wow. But like, and William, that's the second time William Lee has turned into a white dude because he was that same thing happened to him. That's kind of fucked day. up, man. And I'm like, couldn't they have like reversed that? I know, right? That would be cool. That would be cool. Because Joel Kinnaman wasn't even going to last the full season anyway. He signed on to another show. Right, right, right. So I'm like, couldn't you just yeah. add him in like? You know, in the flashbacks, and have Will, because I'm sure William Lee could like use the work too. Like it's, it's we we need the Black Panther of Asian Americans. Yeah, pretty much. But I mean, how much more interesting is that perspective if instead of like the Japanese dude, or I don't even know what the guy's race in the, in the show is, but the Japanese dude becoming white? Why why couldn't it be like a white dude realizing what it's like in the Japanese skin and realizing how things are different in Altered Carbon? Yeah. Now I haven't seen the show, but I'm that's yeah. like my pit. Oh. Like. <laughs> I thought I was getting ready to talk about it, but yeah. all right, never mind. Uh, he like it's weird because the first part of that series is like Joel Kinnaman's everywhere and a little bit of flashback, uh-huh. and almost the like last half of it is all flashback and very little Joel, which is interesting. Yeah, huh. so it's it's kind of weird. And then the first uh, when you watch the first episode, the Asian actor who's playing that is like another skin because when you flash back to who he is he has a different asian skin on so he's had different <laughs> what it's weird like yeah and then it's just his third skin like or i don't know which skin the fuck he is and the like in yeah. the altered carbon so yeah i was watching i was like dude that asian dude is not the same like what the fuck did they just <laughs> shoot actors halfway through but it's like no he's had to switch bodies before because that one apparently has died or however that shit works yeah. so it's a pretty weird show and like i get like the gripe with it but I don't know. I feel like you got to kind of watch it all. And it's kind of there's a really good thing with like his uh, his he has a sister in it, too. And she's uh, she's the girl from Dollhouse, uh, the Australian Asian girl. Do you guys remember her? Uh, I I don't know how to pronounce her name. Deacon Lockman, I think. Yeah, but she is his sister in it. And she continually she like through the last half of that series is in my opinion, where it gets better mm-hmm. is like his whole backstory with his sister and stuff. And there's way more flashbacks about who, who Joel Kinnaman's character was before he became mm-hmm. that character. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like it was a pretty good, like, you know, I get it. White guy. Why did it have to be a white guy? Mm-hmm. But I feel like the two actors got together and kind of figured out how Joel Kinnaman would act as him. Like, it's kind yeah. of weird, but like at some point I was like, wait a second, this is the, I was like, Wait, these are two different guys, or they're the same guy? I don't. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, I, but, to be honest, I do kind of love when they do that with different things, different sci-fi things. When it's like 
different actors but playing the same character and you notice mm. like certain things that are the same like i actually do uh, appreciate that so it is kind of interesting sort of seeing like okay well well it's when there's a race swap like how you know suddenly it's like controversial or whatever yeah now i haven't seen the show simply because like i just haven't had time well in the case of like what really sparked this conversation mm -hmm. and put put it in the full gear mm -hmm. in my opinion yeah, anyway maybe it was going on before that and white people were just late to the to the game right. but was was ghost in the shell and oh, yeah. people were saying that it was even compounded even worse because literally in the story <laughs> right. she is like this white shell over uh, a japanese american or, mm -hmm. or a japanese person right. in it so it's like it's like you, everybody was saying like you didn't notice that you know, it was just hmm. I, I think I think for a lot of people, mm -hmm. this whole situation with whitewashing and, uh, and representation and stuff, especially. As far as I can tell. I think it's just people just aren't used to it yet because white people, have been, it's just like a where people talking about whitewashing and like white privilege and shit. 1985. No, no. So we're we're dealing with. I think we're sort of kind of dealing with an awakening in America. It is, and, and like you, you can see both. Okay. You, you can see stuff where like it can be taken too far, or whatever, or yeah. inaccurately. Where like even the outsiders reading stuff about whitewashing, I'm like, what are you talking about whitewashing? There's no whitewashing in the outsider. There's white savior, which is different. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's yeah, no yeah, whitewashing because yeah. the whole fucking point of this movie, the movie's is that, called The Outsider. Yeah, he's like, obviously not part of the group. Yeah. Now, if if they didn't even address it or whatever, yeah. it wasn't called The Outsider. And he was just randomly part of it. Then yeah, I'd be like, okay, like that's weird. the, the other the other that. thing I wanted to add here too culturally. Yeah. I, again, if you're, this is your first episode strangely enough uh i lived in japan for three years okay and i heard several several times that the yakuza like foreigners they didn't say they didn't say white people i guess but they said they like gaijin and the reason for that is the yakuza are think about it from their perspective they're living in japan where guns are illegal and not that that's a bad thing or anything, but I'm just saying that a lot of people think that Japan is just on the on the whole not as tough as it used to be. Mm -hmm. But these guys in organized crime, they're still tough as nails. They're only the only dudes that carry guns illegally, mm -hmm. all this kind of stuff. They're dealing with gang violence, things like that. So to see an American or a tough American, mm -hmm. it's like, oh, I can actually relate to you, even though we speak a different language. Or mm -hmm. and there's also yeah. there's also the aspect that they're just different. They they could very well might as well be a fucking Martian. And they're interested yeah. in on that level. Mm -hmm. So, and again, it could have been a black dude. It could have been. It could have been Asian American or or anything like that. I, and again, I know it's. I'm just saying that there's also that factor to consider with movies like this, mm -hmm. because yeah, the Yakuza, even in real life, I heard several several times mm -hmm. they there is this phenomenon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, so. It, it's, um... It's. It seemed like there was, um, in terms of the attitude towards him, like he was always like it was kind of like a reverse sort of thing where yeah. like he was the one being sort of persecuted because of his skin and sort of thing. And like I'm, I was like, okay, well that makes sense for you know this for the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And everything. I never really thought like I. I feel like some people watching this were like offended. They're like, how dare you say that? Like you know, white people go through that. I'm like, I'm sure in that situation he probably would have in like 1940 something. Yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah. You know um but that's the thing that's oh sorry yeah no, no, oh ahead. that's the thing that surprised me when i saw the trailer at no point was i watching going oh yeah this takes place after world war ii and then when i was watching i was like oh shit it oh it says it right yeah. there <laughs> you know <laughs> um and one thing i just wanted to say was uh 
I thought it was, like Jared Leto doesn't say shit in the entire fucking movie. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. The re- the whole story is about the Yakuza guy and like the guy that he saved, you know, like from like and I don't know how you guys felt about it, but I felt like he was just cleaning the floors. He was in jail for whatever reason. His motive wasn't to become a part of this, mm-hmm. but maybe after he saved him, he saw an in. But I don't think it was like he's like, oh, I'm just going to be here at the right time to save this guy. Because the whole time I was watching this movie, I thought I was like, he's an undercover cop. He's trying to get into the Yakuza to like tear them apart. That would have been a political turn. But well, I feel like I've seen that movie, though. Yeah, that's true. I I just liked watching a guy who was just like, I don't have a family. I've been at war. I'm stuck in this country. I don't really know what to do with my life. Here's these people who want to give me some home because I kind of saw his character of just he didn't have anyone. He just went to war because he's like, well, I don't have a family or anything anymore. Mm. He's just like a lonely dude. So I just kind of like pictured Jared Leto as this guy who didn't have any kind of family or any kind of connection with anyone. And here was this guy saved. So there's a connection. He saved someone's life. Mm. I, I don't, I've never saved anyone's life, but I feel like you'd probably still feel responsible for it to yeah. some point. Um, yeah. you know, Chewie and his life debt and all, mm-hmm. hopefully we find out about it, what happened in solo. Um, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I just, I, I just like the way it kind of, <laughs> I just like the way it kind of started and I didn't really feel like, cause the whole time I was like, Oh my God, he's going to be a cop undercover, blah, blah, blah. And I liked that that didn't happen. Like, I thought that was pretty clever because I thought I'd figured it out. You know, I thought I was like, these are right. the beats this is going to go through, you know? And I guess at the end when they're all bowing to him, I was like, oh, come really? Yeah, it's like you can't just shake his hand and accept him. <laughs> like, I, I, like, cool, you're one sorry. of us. You'll never be our leader, but you're cool, dude. But I like you your haircut. <laughs> I like your haircut. He did like have that. a Yakuza like haircut. That. But I thought that scene where he walked into that the, the uh, other rival gang and just like took that dude out. I was like, fuck, man, that's some that's a ballsy ass move, dude. That was cool, but, but I also like, where did he learn how to do that? It, well, I mean, that guy. Maybe he wasn't seeing. He wasn't expecting it because he he was like, "Well, you're surrounded. So if you do anything to me, then then these my my friends will help me out." But that's I think that was that guy that character's uh, ego in a, in a way. True, but I also was like, it was such a quick flash of like him pulling it out and everything. Like that probably takes some skill to do that. Like I probably wouldn't be able to do that. I think if I mean you're sure yes. They, I mean I'm not saying that's wrong. But if a, you're a fucking a maniac, you can you can get some. He's been at war too. Yeah, I don't, mostly guns. Yeah, 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 I get you. I mean, yeah, I I get it. There's some fantasy there, I suppose. Because when he walks in with the katana, I was like, dude, like I haven't seen you wield a sword in the whole movie. Like that's true. Yeah. What the fuck are you thinking? I, yeah. Yeah. Let's get really down to the issue here. There should have been more sword wielding. <laughs> yeah. Should have been. Just saying, it would have been way cooler. Rain, less guns, rain, less rain. choking people out. <laughs> Just sword. I, I gotta say, one of the other things I really liked about the movie is what maybe, and again, I think it's just because I'm a Japanophile, it's just that I like seeing all the Yakuza culture being shown, like the way that, like the way he gets inundated yeah. into it, and all the rituals and, and, and things like that, and I, I honestly, I just haven't seen a Yakuza movie in a while, I was like, oh yeah, I'm watching a fucking gangster flick, bro, you know, I was like, I was kind of into it when I was watching it, but I, I also can kind of understand, like, it was a little bit slow and he doesn't talk that much, but like also in drive though, he doesn't talk that much. Uh, but oh, that was, Oh, you haven't seen drive. You should see drive. But I also like, I kind of viewed it almost like, like a slasher film. Like when's the next kill, you know, like this guy's kind of like Jason. Um, 
but the thing is also like he's not jason there is some moral conversation you got to have there too like right. whenever he kills the friend uh the guy that kind of like as the, the military guy yeah yeah it's like uh you know what's uh tr- i mean how much can i like this guy now uh, mm-hmm. but at the same time it's I don't know. I just kind of following a ride. It's just kind of a light. I, I kind of view it as a light movie. I don't know. But yeah. the morals were in question at that point. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can go into a movie about the Yakuza and go, this is going to be light and friendly and fun. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, it's going to be dark. There's going to be death. People are going to be like straddling the line of like good and bad, kind of a gray. It just depends on which side you want to root for. Like who's the least bad. You right, know? right, right. The rock could do it. <laughs> That's true. But he's the bra. Stefan, so you're 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 uh Latino American. Mm-hmm. And uh I was just wondering, you haven't seen the movie, but your take on just white saviorness in general. Um, um is it a fucking like rampant uh, disease in American cinema or, or what what are your thoughts on this? I think it's just it's fine as long as there's more representation, I think for you know everybody should have their thing i guess because you never know there's the guy who like probably fantasizes of going to japan the white guy and becoming like (laughs) a samurai or something like badass ninja or anybody you know who's trained martial arts like there's still that fantasy i think it's i think it's fine when there's too much of it 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 can be tiresome and then i think it gets into a discussion that's a little it's kind of so for there's oh sorry go ahead for minorities, I've kind of wondered, like, it's probably like, well, we've just seen so many white fantasies. Yeah, it would be <laughs> <You> awesome. <know? laughs> yeah, it would be awesome to see more, like, Latino-American representation on, like, superhero films and stuff like that. It just seems like it's harder to sell to the general audiences, not just white audiences, but it's harder to sell them because because of whatever niche it's coming from if you don't relate to that if that has nothing to your upbringing or like your cultural background then it's going to seem less interesting um but those communities are widespread so it's just a matter of like in my opinion i think it's just a matter of of having more latino american black american asian american creators like kind of doing their thing right now the only way to do it would probably be like through the back door through like a comic book series you invent or a web series or something it's just got to be good and then we can transcend the the racial aspects of these things just as long as it's good i mean in the case of the outsider too it would have been interesting to, to like switch it from a white dude to like let's say again this is a fantasy so fuck it right like right. like they're like uh the yakuza were dealing with the mexican cartel and mm-hmm. then you got a Mexican dude up in the mix, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying, or or whatever, or like a a guy in the Black Panther movement, or or something like it, that. That's a black dude in in Japan at that time, you know. Like, I mean, yeah. shit, you're already going with the fantasy mm-hmm. anyway, so let's just go that way. Yeah, I think a lot of it too is like battling beyond stereotypes and stuff because you don't have too many. Like, that's why Robert Rodriguez was cool to me when I was a kid because he had Desperado, El Mariachi, and Once Upon a Time in Mexico, like. Not the best movies, um, especially Once Upon a Time in Mexico, but it had representation of like anti-heroes, but like characters that had noble intentions that weren't already like um, deeply rooted. I mean, there's a little bit of both in his movies, but basically (laughs) it was a refreshing thing to see like a Latino, a Spanish guy, I guess, but a guy who looked Latino American or something on TV as the main guy. And it wasn't just like your run of the mill Zorro or something like that although zoro would be cool 
news or <laughs> but yeah. more yeah more heroes like especially like in star wars or something like that now that we're seeing like ray or like female led and then like african-american like we're still there you know what i mean it's 2018 but we're still discussing things in these ways um they're just yeah it's it's it can be it, it can be annoying when you're watching breaking bad and like all the latinos you're seeing are just all like drug dealer dudes you know mm-hmm. you know the sidekick whatever his name was i forgot um jesse yeah jesse i love aaron paul love jesse and everything but that character could just have easily been like a mexican character yeah that's true yeah, yeah. and could have like been part of that community in that in yeah. that area or Native american dude shit yeah it would have been cool but you know hopefully further on in the future and it's just there's so many more successful creators in the industry that happen to be white or come from that like white american perspective yep. motherfucker sure the uh, one of the things that I always thought about was uh, the uh, I mean, Andrew kind of asked me sometimes, like, who would you like if there was a race swap? Like, who would you have like as an Asian? I, I really wanted to ask yeah, this. Yeah. I'm glad you have an answer. <laughs> uh, here we go. Well, I mean, it, it's, it's difficult because I don't really have I don't I honestly still don't really have one for a superhero. Honestly, okay. I don't. I mean, uh, like, I'm I can't really see it being Batman. I can't really see it being Superman. But if I were to pick anybody who I'd be interested in seeing turn asian it would actually be sherlock holmes that's cool because he embodied so many stereotypes of asians that (laughs) he would be such an extreme version that you would get to like play around with that yeah because he's all about studies yeah all about science and everything yeah he plays the fucking violin yeah like come on (laughs) i heard i heard in japan (laughs) that it's like oh you're or no, no, no. Maybe I heard it somewhere in America. It's like, oh, you're you're Asian American, p- piano or violin? Right, exactly. <laughs> and uh, it was piano for me. But <laughs> oh man, yeah, the, 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 there's a lot there where I, I was like, when they made it elementary, I was kind of like, they should have switched it instead of Lucy Lewis Watson. It should have just been Asian Sherlock. That would be cool, man. Like, yeah. That's, he embodied again. He embodies so much of the, those stereotypes anyway that you, you like go extreme with it and everything yeah. and explore like what is it actually like? Like how did he? get there based off of culture uh and all that um another, another thing to sort of bring up the discussion is like some of it you know is claimed to be um sort of more from a financial um mm. decision yeah. more than yeah. like an actual like prejudicial decision because of the fact that like you know jared leto might not be like the biggest name but he's a bigger name than any of the other guys in that movie but that for, that also brings things. up the fact that this is part of the transitioning period too. Right. It's like, it's like why, you know, but again, I know I keep going back to this, but ghost in the shell, this, they cast Scarlett Johansson because investors will invest more money. This is a mm. sci-fi movie with a lot of effects. We need, the investors need to be, need to, need to rest easy because we need, we have an A-lister now. Right. But the thing is, there's no A-lister Asians. And how do you get A-lister Asians? You guys, honestly, you just got John it, it boils, everything. It, yeah. It, and then it boils down to huh. just in like, the producers just got to take chances with this shit, man. Right. I mean, I mean, Black yeah. Panther did have the Marvel, you know, brand on its side, but many people yeah. went to see that movie. You know, they didn't probably hadn't seen any other Marvel movies too. Yes, yes. Uh, and Chadwick Boseman, ain't exactly like a household name yeah, before yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Especially yeah. to like non-black people. Yeah. Um, but you also have to keep in mind, Black Panther like did great here. China, I don't know how it did like financially, but the reception over in China was not great because they weren't used to seeing that type of movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So some comments that came from there, you're like, oh my god, what the fuck? Where they're just like, yeah, the yeah, movie yeah. is like, we couldn't tell people apart. 
<laughs> we're glad this movie is has these are like actual quotes I've heard where like yeah. they were glad there were a lot of colors because they could like there was so much darkness. It, this is them saying this stuff. And yeah, I'm like, yeah, holy yeah. shit, okay. So like since China is such a big market, I'm sure that from a financial side, they're just like, Well, we can't like do this, but like you can sort of score the line of like, okay, how much is it actually financial? How much is it is actual like racism stuff? It's tough to say because of there has to be, in my perspective, there, there, there just has to be more chances being taken. And honestly, I know you have to. It's, it's life. Yeah. So, like in the case of the Ghost in the Shell, possibly they, let's say they cast Rinko Kikuchi, arguably the, the top. In my, in my opinion, at least now, the top uh, Asian actress in America, due wow. in large part to yeah. the Pacific Rim, mm-hmm. and, and she's also Japanese. So there's that, and. Uh, they cast her, but they they have to lower the CG budget. Okay, fine. Yeah. You know, it's still it would have made it would have gotten at least a, about as big as audience as Pacific Rim did. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's just you you got to start turning the tide at some point. Uh, and 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 right now it's I guess we're in a transitioning period. And all, honestly, Marvel's a great jumping off point because at mm. this point people see any goddamn thing with marvel in the fucking title pretty much yeah. you know so <laughs> we got black panther beating titanic <laughs> literally yeah. beat titanic domestically mm-hmm. uh that's probably not adjusted for inflation honestly but anyway it still made a fucking shitload of money mm. all black cast unapologetically black and african not just african-american straight up african so mm-hmm. Um, you got dudes with fucking plates in the lips and shit, you know, like and that, <laughs> like like unapologetic, dude. And, and I thought that was that was really cool. So I don't know. I guess I, we're probably going to see it at some point, but it's just a matter of time, you know. Yeah, I'll keep brainstorming. Yeah. I'll think of a script. You should, and yeah, you should do that. And like, honestly, Perhaps. when Marvel comes up, I think of Iron Fist and just change that, change him to an Asian. It. Although I know that stereotypical kung fu guy, but still, it's mm. part of Chinese culture. Like a lot, a lot of people thought. An interesting angle to go with that would have been if he were an Asian American, yeah, yeah, who yeah, yeah. didn't know any kung fu, yeah. So basically, me, <laughs> yeah, and like learns it and sort of becomes more indoctrinates more of his own culture in it, yeah, yeah. But yeah. again, I also didn't mind the fact that they cast a white dude because in, in the comics he's a white guy. Like I didn't. Yeah. Well, there's still it's also I mean, like the, the comic was made during white, right. mainly white American exactly. times. So that's why these discussions are kind of complex, right? Because yes. Like, I didn't really mind it, but is it a bad thing that I don't mind it? It's As a, you ask me, like, I don't know. It's an unfolding onion, dude. I think yeah. about this shit a lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, it really is. We don't have any, you know, it's, it's tough to have any answers to this because I think it's so dependent on each story or each character. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's a one, like, wide brimming, like, here's the right answer for every single instance. I think it's. I think it just depends on what the story is, what the themes are, what the characters are, and what they're trying to do with it. And the other thing, too, uh, is that Again, in the unfolding onion, mm-hmm. let's let's say that you cast a Korean in a Japanese role. Yeah, that's another. Thing. It, yeah, the Japanese, like they were okay with uh, Scarlett Johansson in, in large part, mm-hmm. but you cast a Korean in that role. That's that's actually when they'll like, you know, at least in my uh, as far as what I can gather uh, based mm-hmm. on previous uh, evidence or whatever, that's when the complaints will happen from from Asia, because like oh you. Like it's weird. Like if you go with a white person, it's like, all right, it's it's just so different. It doesn't even matter <laughs> yeah, anymore. Right. But then when you go with a Korean, it's like, what, you're gonna group us all the same now? Like what the fuck is that all about? <laughs> it's, like you can't it's more racist to Japanese people that way. 
in so, you know, I, and again, I, I don't, yeah. I'm not, I'm a white dude speaking for Japanese people, I guess, but it's just like, I don't know how Koreans or Chinese would, would think about it, but I mean, um, did that's ex- when John Cho was cast as Sulu because Sulu's technically Japanese because of George Takei, right. but John Cho is Korean, so I don't remember hearing any, any, uh, but do they not care because Sulu is technically Japanese American, so yeah. he's not really like this is a whole different, yeah, it's a whole know, other onion just in itself. All right. Well, I dude, I feel good. this is pretty fucking good, man. I've been like kind of out of it this week and didn't really plan a whole lot for this episode. So, but we got, I think we got a bunch yeah, out of it. So, and yeah, it's one of those where it's just like, I don't have any solutions, honestly. Like, this is still yeah. something where like it's, there's, there's a lot of questions, I think, more than answers, but you know, we'll, hopefully we can work through whatever it is. I just feel like you can't please everybody. Yeah, yeah, that's you for know, sure. Yeah, that, that's my overall thing. Like, there, there's always going to be somebody who raises objections. There's going to be somebody who, you know, is offended by something. And you know, it is sort of tough to say, like, you know, should I be offended by this or not? Or, you know, do I have what? You know, what are my reasons for like not seeing? It? Is it just because I'm just used to it? Right, right, right. Thing. Like, who knows? Yeah. And like I said earlier, it's 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 just very difficult to dislike a movie based on principle, at least for me. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, so at least sometimes. Mm-hmm. I mean. I don't know, like, because you just go in, especially with a movie like this. Like I said, I kind of almost viewed it like a slasher. <laughs> I, I just liked how he acted very quickly. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't really like. They show him like thinking about a kill for like half a second, and then he does it. Yeah, <laughs> and which I kind of, I kind of enjoyed about the movie. So I guess I went in like getting like bloodlust, <laughs> <laughs> satiated. <laughs> um, but you know, for at any rate, this movie brought up at a fucking awesome conversation mm-hmm. and. Hopefully, if you've been listening to this, uh, you you know got Our something out of it. Having done so, yep, yeah. Um, so that's it for the outsider stuff. I think. Right. And anybody got any final comments on this? Nope. Uh-oh. I, I, I'm more interested to check it out for sure. I've been slacking on my movie watching. <laughs> Moving on, we are now going to get. Senior Batman correspondent <laughs> Ben Wan's opinion right. on Batman Ninja. Ninja. All right, take it away. Uh, I almost called you Batman. Take it away, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Batman. Um, I, I mean, I know. Um, I was mainly interested in seeing this because it just looks so different. You know what I mean from any other animated Batman thing. But I also kind of realized when watching it that. Um, I've just never been much of an anime guy, man. Like, uh-huh. I'm not yeah. Okay, of, I get you. I get you. This this whole episode should be retitled "Ben is not very Asian." Like, this is, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's, I, and so like, I know how you feel, man. It's difficult. It was difficult, honestly, for me to get into simply because like, I just wasn't used to the style uh-huh. of it yeah, or yeah. The, the different tropes of, you know, once it's once it's like Batman villains in like giant robot-looking things fighting each other. You get other. in spo- spoiler territory there. Okay, well, it's in the it's in the trailer. <laughs> oh, it is? Okay, never mind. Okay, good. Never mind. Once it got to that point, I was kind of like... You checked out? I, I mean, I, I'll i be honest, I nearly fell asleep. <laughs> Damn, really? I'm sorry, man. But this, <laughs> wow. I know you were really enjoying it right next to me, but I was... I was, I was he was looking at over. me like wide-eyed and sparkles in my eyes. Flap. It's... It's, uh, I mean, look, the animation is, is great, and for for what it is, it's great. It's just not, it's just not for me. It's not my type of Batman thing, but that's fine because this is an this is a character that is, you know, he lasts through so many other different interpretations that like I can easily turn to the other stuff that I like. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, it's not my favorite. I mean, I might give it another check it out again this night with the Japanese dubbing. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm gonna do. I did like some parts of it that if I were to share it would get into spoiler territory, but um, that basically some very interesting directions with certain characters. Um, Yo, yeah, yeah. yeah. God, we can't yeah, get into that. Yeah, shit. I think Andrew knows what I'm talking about. But yeah. uh, other than that, it was like okay, like I get what it is. Yeah, as Andrew mentioned, I think in, in the episode where he brought up his thoughts, I, I thought it was going to be a little bit more along the lines of Batman's trapped in time and doesn't have his tech. What does he do? <laughs> yeah, Back yeah. To basics. Yeah, I would have been a little more interested in that. But yeah. that's that's how I guess I would have done it. But you know, I, again, I can't I can't fault the movie for doing something a little different from how I would have written it. So for what it is, you know, if you if you are a big fan of anime, check it out. Uh, but you know, as a Batman fan who isn't really into that type of stuff, I was. Yeah, you know, I, I was kind of checked out for a lot of it. Hmm. Yeah, you. I think you really do kind of have to be a fan of both yeah. of of Japanese anime and Batman. I mean, that's it's kind of in the title, mm. and there is a lot of crossover with those fans. And also, there's they kind of don't shy away from even like kind of obscure shit. I mean, not that obscure, but references like, or what. I mean, as far as like you gotta like have watched a little bit of Naruto or know some ninja tropes. See, I don't know anything. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, maybe I'll talk about that at, when we're off the air. Okay. But um, like, there's like just the thing is, it seems to me, and again, I don't know what the fucking process was here, but it talking about representation, even mm. though it's it's you know a white dude, it's a white savior, I guess. Again, <laughs> it, <is>. <laughs> it kind of <laughs> is, but um, it. It, it, they gave it to a Japanese company. I think a Japanese dude wrote it. Yeah, and, and then and and it's very it's very very Japanese at the same time. Even though Batman is in it, and they understand Batman is very well and the Joker and all this. Like it's, I remember back when I played X Men versus Street Fighter back in the day. The Japanese companies took on those characters to make the game, hmm. and it, I always thought that these guys didn't grow up these characters but they really they fucking got it like they it just seems like the japanese very good at listening to american companies when it comes to this stuff i don't know like yeah there's like a, just a lot of like kind of like ninja lore shit in it cool. uh some cool ninja tropes and ninja tropes baby out of all the tropes <laughs> <laughs> and um you know, wild like Power Rangery type robot battles, or yeah. maybe Gundam or something, but it, it kind of felt Power Rangery to me. And uh, I mean, it definitely knows it's silly. Mm. It hundred percent knows that it's silly, and it kind of plays in that world. And uh, for me, as somebody that's a really loves Batman and Japan, I love the shit out of it. But uh, I know that it's such a like it's such a niche thing at the right. same time. So it's just kind of it's not it's really just not for everyone. <laughs> I can tell there were a lot of like there were probably a lot of anime tropes that I just wasn't like getting or, or whatever. When certain like we were, we were you know in the WonderCon audience and you know there were certain cheers at certain points where I'm just like okay like why I are they something. cheering? I'm like I missed something. I'm like yeah that was kind of cool, but like I'm not gonna go out of my way to cheer for that but like i'm sure that there was like something that like brought back memories of something else so in a way it was kind of like if i was watching a marvel movie for the first time but a marvel movie happened to be like a phase three one where yeah I'm yeah like, yeah okay this is kind of cool yeah 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 exactly. i was watching captain america civil war and like not having seen anything else like, right 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 but yeah. how it was yeah um 
But anyway, yeah, I thought it was really handled well, and um, hopefully we can all talk about it once it uh, comes out. We can have the full-on spoilery review. Yeah, go ahead. Can I uh, just ask you guys a question? Since you saw it an exclusively, Superhouse exclusive Batman Ninja review. Right. Um, how was the animation? How do you rate the animation? That's where I'm most interested in. I mean, I thought I thought the animation was great, but I mean, I'm not a big like I don't really judge a lot of animation stuff uh-huh. that much. There was a change in style at oh, some in the movie. movie. In yeah, the movie, yeah, that's they, very they, interesting. Yeah, that's true. It's like a fucking it's art really film. Say, yeah. Uh, so cool. It's it's there was a lot of money behind it. Seemed like. It was, uh, this is no like 1989 Sailor Moon shit, you know, like this is like, like Japan is really good at infusing the 3D stuff, like the cell shade, it looks like cell shading to me, uh-huh. uh, to use video game terminology, like with 2D animation, and yeah. it, to me, it's really, really top notch, dude. Yeah. Awesome. I do, they're, in terms of anime, it seems like they're getting better now at, blending the two like that cell shaded style of animation with 2d animation voltron does it really well um castlevania did it really well it's a lot better than those though it's just cool. bit much bigger budget cool yeah i'm excited to see that I, back in the day you'd have movies like spriggan or something um and it was like a mix of 2d and 3d and it was almost there you know at times it was a little like the, the cg just wasn't or the cell shading animation just wasn't as good so i'm really excited to see Batman Ninja and where they've, if they've upped the ante and where they have upped that ante. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I want to, I can't wait to hear your review of it because awesome. everybody's review because it's, I mean, it was good, man. I thought Me so. especially. Wait, so before we uh, switch topics here, Ben, right. um, to our final one, looks like we're going to be doing new solo trailer reaction um, as our final thing. But um, before that, uh, just to get a barometer for us and the fans. Right. Whoa! Your favorite DC animated film Ooh. of all time? Yeah. Ooh! Uh, all right, my top three. Let's say. <laughs> uh never mind. Yeah, let's. Yeah, n- no rules, no guidelines. Um, number three would be <laughs> Dark Knight Returns parts one and two because, like, come on, it's the same movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that's on. fine. Yeah. It's such a good adaptation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you feel like that. Like I watched the movie and I've read the book so many times. Yeah. But then when watching the movie, I wanted to go back and reread the book. Okay. Like it's so well done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Peter Weller was like a perfect, you know, the perfect voice for like that yeah. Batman. Um, and it's 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 one of my favorites. And Christopher Drake's soundtrack is fantastic. It's it's it sounds you basically sound like you're in the middle of an '80s action movie mm-hmm. that stars Batman. <laughs> <laughs> cool. uh, very, very different take again. the Elfman Batman which was the actual 80s Batman yeah yeah for sure yeah um, so that's my number three number two is Under the Red Hood oh for sure oh I can't wait to hear what number one is yeah. well, I think everybody oh yeah oh yeah I know. but like number two is Under the Red because it's so emotional and so like the it's my favorite probably my favorite ending out of any Batman movie animated or live action simply because it's so tense it's all character driven and it's just heartbreaking at the end when you see that final flashback and Jason Todd's like, he's the best day of my life. And you just know it's his life is going to be shattered from then on. Um, and then number one, if you haven't already guessed, is Mask of the Phantasm. <laughs> like, that's such a classic. It's got the best Batman and Joker voices in it. 
uh, a fantastic version of the origin that's original that sort of messes with canon a bit but not in uh, a way that offends anybody in the fact that it's like it's because it, if you think about it, it's kind of risky to be like yeah like batman almost didn't become batman because he fell in love oh right yeah and if you think about that like if they didn't do that right that would have really messed with fans yeah for sure yeah are you kidding? but like it's so well done it's done in a way that like everybody loves it everybody loves it you know it, the scene where like he he's at his parents graves when he's you know before he's even become batman and he's like it doesn't hurt so much anymore and you just mm-hmm. you feel it and you really want him to get together with andrea but you know he's not yeah yeah know? yeah um and even it, it's one of those where i remember i was one of the few who saw it in the theater because it, mm-hmm. it, it was it had a very short theatrical run I remember being scared to death of the Joker for the first time. Oh, shit. I had seen the Jack Nicholson Joker over and over again on, on VHS. I'd seen you know, the Mark Hamill Joker, obviously, on TV already. But this was the first time where he actually could kill. Uh, so you actually saw the smiles and everything. So when yeah. like the Phantasm turns the chair into Palestra's face, yeah, fucking gave me nightmares. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that was the most terrifying. Like Even even when I watched Dark Knight with Heath Ledger, I'm like, okay, you felt tense and stuff, but I didn't feel... I, I still didn't quite feel as scared as I did as like a six-year-old kid watching Masked yeah, Phantasm yeah, yeah. <laughs> and seeing that. So that'll always be like the Joker to me off off of that. Stefan, you don't have to do a countdown or anything, but do you have do you have one or more? One oh animated DC films? Yeah, DC animated. Yeah. Um I'll just go with um I really like the Batman Year One adaptation was pretty nice. good like you know gordon kind of centric and young bruce and stuff um yeah that one was pretty good massive phantasm was great even the sequel was that sub-zero uh yeah, yeah sub-zero with with mr freeze was really good those are good like events to look forward to as a kid um but yeah i'd say probably batman year one was one that i really loved um yeah i'll say good so Mine are probably actually got two Justice League ones in there. I like Justice League War. I'd say that's number three. Justice League, uh, oh man, it's, it's escaping me, but I loved it. Um, the one where Flash is trying to run really fast to uh, n- to not blow up that thing. Doom. Doom, yeah. Doom is number two for yeah. me. And then uh, Under the Red Hood, mm, yeah. um, actually, I would say. Uh, I loved Under the Red Hood, man. That yeah. was awesome. Yeah. That's why I kind of like people keep saying like maybe Under Red Hood's going to be the Batman movie. That's going to be the live action one. And I'm one of the few who's like, I don't want that because I've already seen that as a cartoon and you're not yeah, going to match up yeah. to that. It's like Flashpoint too. They've done it, they've done it in the show and they've done the DC animated too. Mm-hmm. Like I know it's it way bigger. better in the animated movie. But... Well, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and also Batman is the best scene in that fucking movie too. Right? Isn't that one where Flash comes back and gives him the, the, oh, yeah, the yeah, note? That, that from... one, yeah, that's that's. It's like a Flash movie, but Batman, again, steals the fucking uh-huh. show with that last scene. We have a segment coming in at the last second here uh, via Stefan Santa Cruz. Um, oh. <laughs> uh, solo trailer reaction talk. I actually haven't seen this. I Not the latest one. Did this drop today? Yeah, yeah it just today. today. I haven't yeah, seen it today. So we might have to watch All right, let me move my... Uh, can you get over here, dude? Yeah. Ben's here with me in Persion. Person. I don't know what, what the accent that is, but uh, I'm queued up, man. You ready? All right. Starting in three, two, one. Start. All right. New shots. 
grimy. More intrigue. Is it revenge? Oh yeah, CD bars, baby. Money. It's just pretty good so far, dude. <laughs> or is it something else? You look good. God damn. <laughs> Khaleesi. Khaleesi. She got dragons up in this bitch or what? <laughs> oh, is that Paul Bettany? Yeah. Awesome. And I'm a flyer. I waited a long time for a shot like this. What do you think? <laughs> that was awesome. Oh yeah. Hell yeah. Wondering if it's true. Everything you heard about me is true. L three. Let's go with the mean man's face. Who are these guys? If you come with us, you're in this life for good. Oh shit. I wanna buckle up, baby. This is a very good trailer, bro. <laughs> Whoa. Nice. This one's pretty fucking good, dude. Oh shit. That's wow. how Chewie got that scar. <laughs> Wowzers. Man, take it away, man. I mean, I, I think I, I'm going to enjoy the Star Wars story movies better than uh, the actual like trilogy. It's what right it's looking now. like yeah. so far, yeah. Yeah, because I mean, I really like Rogue One a lot more than either yeah. uh, Force Awakens or Last Jedi. And this one looks like it's it's along the same lines or just like, okay, it plays around with the world, but you don't yeah. know what's coming. The only yeah. thing is I'm still not sure if I buy this guy as, as young as yeah, on my yeah, part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, I'll give him a shot in the movies just from the trailers. I'm just like, something feels a little off to me. And I don't know if it's just because the only thing that would not set that off is if they literally cloned Harrison Ford. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, you know, again, I'll give him a chance. I'm just not sure if he really was the best choice for it. Well, but we'll see. Stefan? Um, yeah, it looks awesome for sure. Good action, good settings, kind of heavier tone uh, like Rogue One. It seemed like it was a little bit more in the adult crime, gritty, seedy underbelly kind of tone. Um, but yeah, only thing is that the trailer didn't really rest a lot of its laurels on the strength of um, Alden Ehrenreich's performance as Han. So I'm hoping that's just, you know, Maybe there are things that are different in his representation of the character. And I hope that he like has owned the character to some extent in that regard. And it's just not completely like it's, you know, you for the character. Yeah. You got to do part impersonation, but I hope he has the ability to own that character in his own right. Um, and we just haven't seen it yet. Yeah. I think that he's just, he's missing something about Harrison Ford. I can't place it either, but uh, I think, also, there's the whole the character arc aspect of it as well. Like he's going to be right. going from this to Harrison Ford, the one that we know, or at least to some degree. And then mm -hmm. you also got what looks like Woody Harrelson being a kind of like smuggler mentor right. type, and and he's going to 
because he's kind of like too bright eyed and bushy tailed for for Harrison Ford. I get, maybe that's what it is. And then he's going to be going to a little bit more negative cynical, place. Yeah. yeah, some more cynical uh, based on these experiences in this movie or maybe something like that. But I got to say, uh, great for me, great trailer. That's the best one so far. I thought it was the best one. Solo, yeah. The best solo trailer, yes, yeah. It's really yeah. the only first official. <laughs> oh, is it? Well, the other well, ones the were, only were one all right. On May. Yeah. Was there? I thought there was only one. Anyway. Yeah, it was like a teaser. Uh, there's yeah. been, I thought there was a couple more. Uh, oh yeah, what, the there was a, there was a teaser and then a Super Bowl one or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean well, this is probably the last trailer because it's coming out in May, so I don't think they're gonna yeah. be like. There's yeah. another one. They've had to they've had to ensure people that it's gonna be good too because like a lot of people knows, that yeah. follow movies at all are like, I don't know about that one, you know. So, yeah. uh, so there's that. Um, Can I just yeah. add to, to oh, yeah, for my sure. review or my reaction to the trailer? Also, Lando looked awesome. Yeah, I like how they like the baby line. Um, it'll be cool to see him flying the Falcon and just his overall introduction to the to Han and like the meeting of them. I hope they don't spoil too much of the mystery of Han's character, and I hope they find a way to like. You know, I I hope that story connects in a broader way as well as being kind of isolated to its own thing as well, so as to not, you know, like. Like we, there, you know, I think we're probably most likely going to see the Kessel run in this yeah film yeah. that we've heard about, like uh, that he did, and that's cool. But at the same time, it's just like I don't know. Maybe it'd been better not to have actually seen that to leave, to leave some of the allure of the character, some of the mystery of him. Um, the robot looked really cool. Chewy action scenes. I'm hoping there's a lot of them. And uh, and Khaleesi, uh, what's her name? I forgot her name. Oh man, I can't remember her real name either. Amelia Clark. Oh yeah, she, Amelia Clark. Yeah, she looks great. I hope her characters. I hope she's got a good character overall. And uh, Woody Harrelson looked awesome as kind of this like scumbag mentor figure. I'm into that, dude. And he's gonna be Carnage too, bro. Oh, Woody, yikes. Are right. yeah. Woody all the way. Nikes. Yeah, I think that's not a hundred percent. It's yeah, all but confirmed. It's just rumor, everybody. It's still a yeah. rumor, but it seems like that's going to be the case. Uh, it would be a waste if he wasn't. I, I know, man. <laughs> Woody's one of my favorite actors. You know, a lot of people think like, they, well, not think, but a lot of people th- say that Bill Murray is a favorite actor. Bill Murray's a lot of people's favorite actor. Like, I think really? Woody Harrelson's like up there for me. I don't know if he's number one, but it's like Woody Harrelson, Gary Oldman. Mm. Th- those motherfuckers regular... are in any movies. I will, I will see those movies. Just a regular type dude with a big old dick. <laughs> yeah, I'm a fucking true detective. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah he's amazing. He's got a great career. He's great. Yeah, I, I watched White Men Can't Jump like a thousand times when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. All right, man. I think that's going to do it for episode 121. Uh, any final oh, thoughts awesome. here? Senior Batman correspondent Ben Long? Not that I can think of. Let's see how Solo does. Seven. Uh, I really enjoyed listening to most of the conversation that you guys had. I thought it was a great um, topic for the show. And that's it. <laughs> Thanks, Ben, for coming back. And I, and I hope I didn't offend anybody, any Japanese Americans or any <laughs> other Asian Americans or any Japanese Japanese or anything like that. I, <laughs> let me just explain one more time. This is just a white dude's opinion or even, yeah, perspective uh, on the stuff that has been at least in somewhat proximity or I've been around I'm married to an Asian woman right now and I've been I lived in Japan for three years so not to say that that's everything but it's 
it's something i guess and we could you know we could talk about that more in later conversation how much worth that is but uh anyway uh this is andrew signing off this is ben signing off this is stefan signing off this is stefan from the Superhouse podcast be sure to check us out on patreon on facebook twitter instagram and any other godforsaken social media outlet that we that we should be floating on we are basically on all social media (laughs) all social media mainly facebook and twitter and patreon check out the links in the description we have a lot of uh cool goals uh set up on our patreon like if you donate a dollar you'll be able to uh give us a topic for us to talk about and we'll talk about for maybe an hour or more who knows how long it'll take and that's pretty tight (laughs) that's the coolest thing (laughs) wait we're on the internet that's pretty good (laughs) and we can make money what (laughs) if you donate a thousand dollars you get full frontal nudes we haven't set that up but it's a possibility you give us a grant who knows what will happen check us out (laughs) i'll do that You get to go on a date with one of us for $10,000. But you pay for everything. <laughs> you get to have your way with Maddie for $20,000. I'll be for a $30,000, we'll help you hide a body. Check out our Patreon. <laughs> Superhouse Gigolo Project. 2018. <laughs> Links in the description. <laughs>